So I had such good intentions for this past year, 2019. I really did. This past year was supposed to be the year for me. The year I worked out and lost weight, got in shape and rebuilt my ailing golf game. Yeah, 2019, it was supposed to be the year where I made memories with my families and I married off my kids and I planned a future with my wife. This past year was supposed to be marked by personal growth and real change, a year of transformation. I had great intentions a year ago this time. I mean, the year was fresh with opportunity. I was ripe for change and I had an entire year ahead of me to achieve these personal goals. So I stand before you this first Sunday of a new year more than a little conflicted. I mean, I'm definitely excited about 2020, the new year. I mean, who doesn't love an annual fresh start, a clean slate, a sort of do-over for those of us who didn't achieve everything we had intended to the previous year? I mean, this new year, like the beginning of every new year, is pregnant with promise, it's filled with opportunity, just overflowing with possibilities. And yet, when I look back on the year just past, I'm a little less hope-filled. I'm a little less energized. I'm a little less enthusiastic about the future, and not because of political divisiveness or the brokenness of our society, not because of the state of world affairs or the moral slide of our culture, as discouraging as those are, but more because of my less than satisfying personal goal fulfillment in year 2019. I mean, I had all these good intentions that fired me up with hope and passion last year at this time, but they did not necessarily translate into personal growth for me. So here's what I've learned. Good intentions do not bring about personal growth or character development, or transformation. Good intentions, as nice as they are, do not translate into change. There's a huge difference between having good intentions and living intentionally. See, when you live intentionally, you live with a purpose, a focus, a vision, and based on that vision, you put a plan in place, a plan that involves arranging your life in such a way that produces the changes that you hope for, the, the results that you long for. Let me, uh, let me give you a personal example. Uh, there was a day when I played professional golf for a living. And uh, I lived every day with a clear purpose. I had a clear vision to improve my skills every day to become a world-class professional golfer. To improve my skills each day. The purpose was the focus of my life and it impacted everything I did. What I ate, what I read, what I did with my time, who I spent that time with. Everything I did revolved around this vision, this, this plan. I trained and I practiced every day. All to maximize my golfing potential. I was intentional to do the things that help, would help me achieve my goal and just as intentional to avoid those things that would detract from achieving my purpose. I mean, I had a vision for growth, to develop my skills and my thinking and my focus and my mindset to become a world-class golfer. I arranged my life in such a way to give myself the best opportunity to become the best golfer I could be. That's how a professional golfer lives 
intentionally. But it's not just for athletes. Whether you're a musician or stock trader or a student or firefighter, the principle's still the same. When you live intentionally, you live with a vision, you live with a purpose and a plan, a plan for growth. You read and study, you spend time with other people who have the same aspirations and goals as you. You train and practice and work your plan to give yourself the best shot at achieving your vision and reaching your goals. So let's be clear one more time so you cannot miss it. Growth and change do not come about by having good intentions. They come about by living intentionally. The principle of intentional living is foundational for spiritual growth as well. The principle is evident throughout the Bible. Jesus modeled an intentional lifestyle and he taught the principle in just about every one of his parables. The principle of intentional living is taught in every one of Paul's letters, every one. The Apostle Paul taught that spiritual growth was not primarily achieved by having good intentions, but spiritual growth was achieved by, having, by arranging your life so that God, through his Holy Spirit, could change you from the inside out and develop godly character in you as he transformed you to become more like his son, Jesus. In fact, Paul states it this way to his letters, in his letter to the believers in Rome. God's purpose for his followers, the vision he has for you, Paul writes, is to conform you into the likeness of his son. God's vision for you is to grow you into someone who looks and thinks and acts just like Jesus. Every one of Paul's letters contains a very similar message. Paul encourages his young protege, Timothy, to live intentionally, to have a plan for his own spiritual growth. He writes to the young man, Timothy, these words in 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly. Physical training has some value, but godliness has value for all things. Paul says, just like physical training has value, I want you to train spiritually with the same kind of intensity, the same kind of focus that you employ at the gym. Train yourself to be godly. And the Apostle Paul himself, he adopted this same kind of intentional lifestyle. He writes about his own personal approach to spiritual growth in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul writes this, everyone who competes in the Olympic Games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So I train. Paul goes on to say, I train. I train like an Olympic athlete living intentionally to achieve my goals, fulfill my vision to attain the purpose God has for me. So I train. So here we are, first Sunday of a new year, new year that's filled with hope, and many of you have good intentions for the year ahead, intentions to develop godly character, to grow spiritually, and become more like Jesus. And I commend you for your good intentions. Wonderful, a pastor loves to hear that. But I warn you, I warn you that these good intentions, they will not, they cannot produce the change and transformation you long for. You need a vision for the year ahead. You need a plan. So let me share with you my own personal vision for the year ahead, my own 2020 vision. I wanna become so much like Jesus that people mistake me for him. By the way, I talk and serve and live and love people. I wanna grow in Christ-likeness so that he and I become almost indistinguishable, like people can't tell us apart. That's my vision. It's a big, audacious vision, I understand. 
one I'm clearly unable to manufacture on my own, one that requires a huge amount of growth and change in me. I, I know. But I do have help. I have help because I happen to know that my vision lines up with God's vision for me. And for you, for that matter. We read God's purpose, his vision for you and me just a few minutes ago. Do you remember? Paul wrote this in Romans 8, 29. God determined that his purpose for you as a follower of Jesus is to conform you to the image of his son, Jesus. God's purpose for us is to make us like him so you and I can represent him, represent Jesus to a watching world. And if you and I are to realize God's purpose for us and become more like Jesus in 2020, we need a plan because here's what I do know. No one drifts into a life of discipleship. No one accidentally backs into Christ-like character or stumbles into selfless living. It just doesn't happen. God's Holy Spirit does the work of transformation in us, but you and I, you and I have to live intentionally. We have to do our part so that Christ can be formed in us. That's another way that Paul states God's purpose for you and me in Galatians chapter four. So let me suggest a, a plan for spiritual growth for the new year. A spiritual growth plan for 2020. A tried and true process for genuine spiritual transformation. It's found in Colossians chapter three. I know that the entire Bible actually serves as a plan for this kind of intentional lifestyle. That's why in our starting point groups, we say that Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. But that would take too long. So for the sake of time, I wanna, I wanna shrink it down and refer to this short, short passage in Colossians chapter three, because it cites four practices of an intentional lifestyle. Four ways that you and I can arrange our life so God can shape us to be more like Jesus in year 2020. So here we go. Colossians chapter three, I'll start reading in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Paul makes the case here that an intentional lifestyle for spiritual growth involves other people. It's not just between you and God. I say that because I hear that a lot. Oh, it's just me and God. Your, your Bible actually doesn't say that. Your, your Bible teaches that God uses those around you to help you grow and become more like Jesus. We call it community around here. How else are you gonna learn to be compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, and patient? I mean, where else do you learn to forgive and love and defer to others and be thankful doing it? You can't learn this stuff by yourself. You don't develop these character qualities on your own when it's just you and God. The first practice in a plan for spiritual growth is community is to surround yourself with some people, a small group of people, imperfect, sometimes difficult to, to deal with sinful people, and then let God use their selfishness and their sinfulness help mold Christ-like character in you. You know what, some of you need some, some of you need a few hard to love, frustratingly difficult people around you to knock off some of your rough edges, to, to to strengthen your character, to be more like Jesus. 
Some of you maybe haven't grown in years. You know why? Because you're unwilling to be inconvenienced or to leave your comfortable isolation. See, the question is, if you really want to grow, do you really want to grow? Because if you want to grow, you can make a decision to leave your powerless, isolated lifestyle so you can grow this year. You can grow in 2020. I would encourage you, Chris told you about it, you can sign up to join some sort of community group this winter and let God use them to help you grow. Starting point, living free, community groups, doesn't matter, whatever. Groups that will help you grow. They'll start up in a couple of weeks, but you can sign up online today. You need to make a decision today because your good intentions just won't get you there to join some sort of community so God can use them to mold Christ-like character in you. Because you and I, we need other people to grow. You need community. Second practice of an intentional lifestyle for spiritual growth, back to Colossians chapter three, picking up in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a worship service to me. Sounds like genuine worship. Drinking in, drinking in the truth of God's word, applying it to our daily lives, linked with songs of praise to God from hearts full of gratitude for what he's done for us, that's worship. A lifestyle of spiritual growth, it doesn't miss an opportunity to worship God. I mean, why would you? It's not like we have to worship, it's that we get to. Think of it. We get to worship the creator of the universe, the one who loved us and sought us. We get to worship the one who saved us by giving up his son for us. We get to worship Jesus, this great God and savior of ours. It's not like we have to, it's we get to. Why would you miss an opportunity like that? If you wanna grow in your love for God and people this year, you need to renew your commitment to worshiping God. I mean, let's get real intentional in 2020. Coming prepared each week, to give, to give up yourself out of a grateful heart, ready to sing and give and pray and hear from God's word, coming each week with an open Bible and an open heart, that should be our posture. Coming ready to hear God speak to you, because he will. He will show you how he wants to grow you to be more like his son. How do I know he'll show you? Because those who seek him will find him. I'm gonna challenge you to try not to miss one week, not one opportunity for corporate worship this upcoming year because God will change you. God will transform you as you worship him because we become like the one we worship. Back to Colossians 3, third practice of an intentional lifestyle for spiritual growth found in the same verse we just read, first half of verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. I want you to pay really close attention to the pronoun the Apostle Paul uses here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. I remind you that Paul wrote this, it was not written to a pastor but a church, it was written to the people of the church. See, this word needs to be living and active in you is what it says, and you're to teach and admonish each other with the truth of scripture. It's not only the pastor's job, the word needs to dwell in you and you teach, you admonish one another with all wisdom. That's what it says. You know what this means? It means that you need to learn to feed yourself spiritually. We call it ownership at BlackRock, where you own your faith and you take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. You listen to God 
and you discern what specific and unique growth opportunities you need to experience and deepen your walk and stretch your faith. You take ownership of your faith. This teaching from the pulpit, this once a week foray into God's word, it's only a supplement to your own personal reading and study of scripture. I mean, 30 minutes a week, 30 minutes a week cannot feed and nourish you spiritually if you really wanna grow to become like Jesus. I mean, it's a supplement at best. You need to feed yourself. In fact, you'll never experience significant growth if you rely on a vicarious relationship with God, with God and his word in a 30-minute sermon. It's not only realistic, it's in direct contradiction to this passage of scripture. The word needs to dwell richly in you, and you teach you admonish one another with all wisdom. See, God will change you. God will grow you to be more like Jesus when you own your faith and you take responsibility for your own spiritual growth and you learn to feed yourself spiritually. Then you'll grow. Make 2020 a year of growth. Let me give you a little heads up, actually. Black Rock is gonna be very intentional this winter as churchwide we engage what we're calling the Red Letter Challenge. The entire church is gonna feed on a daily portion of scripture together, focusing on the very words of Jesus, the, the red letters in your Bible. And we're gonna read and practice them as a community of believers. And together we're gonna to grow and become more like Jesus. It's a simple, practical way we're gonna arrange our lives so God's spirit can conform us into the likeness of his son. You'll hear more about this church-wide initiative in the, in the coming weeks, but you need to make a decision today that you're gonna join in, you're gonna take part to feed yourself spiritually. Finally, fourth spiritual growth practice for those who really wanna grow, found in verse 17, Colossians 3. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul continues his thought in verses 23 and 24. In fact, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. It says here that those who really want to grow to be more like Jesus, serve. See, when you serve others, God is honored, his church is built, and you're grown in the process. God develops Christ-like character in you as you serve. So if you want to grow in 2020, you just need to find a place to serve, a place where you can use your gifts and your passions to honor God by blessing others whether it's parking cars or brewing coffee or teaching children or welcoming people at the front door, whatever it is, do it with all your heart, with all the purpose and passion God supplies because Paul reminds us it's the Lord God that you're serving. If you wanna grow in 2020, step up and serve. Find a place to serve because you're never more like Jesus than when you serve others. Jesus needed to remind his disciples of his own personal mission statement from time to time. He said this, Jesus said that he came to serve, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for the sake of others. Four spiritual growth practices, very practical, very simple. You know them, but your good intentions are not gonna get you there. You need a plan. 2020 can be a year of change, a year of growth for you and me. It can be a year of transformation. And I know you have good intentions, but I want you to take advantage of this new year on the front end here and have a plan for spiritual growth, a plan that includes community and worship and ownership and serving. So 2020 is a year with no regrets, no missed opportunities, no disappointment over what could have been, no conflicted mindset when you stand here a year later, but to live intentionally 
as a disciple of Jesus who God is changing day by day into the likeness of his son. What do you say, church? I say we go beyond good intentions and we make 2020 a year where we live intentionally. Thank you for watching BlackRock's Sermon of the Week. We're so glad you found us and we hope that this message helped you feel more connected to God. In talking about connection, we find that it's super important for people to be connected to others and to a community in order to grow in their faith. So if you're in our area, we want to invite you to join us for one of our services. You can find out more about our times and locations right here on this webpage. And if you're not in the area, don't worry. We encourage you to join a local church where you are. There you find people who can walk alongside you and help you continue to grow in your faith. So we hope that you join us next week and thank you so much for watching.